Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Quick update. Carolina Hurricanes have sent out a tweet. Uh, Andres Fetchnikov is done for the season. That is a big loss for him or for them. He is a, a big-time scorer, but uh, Svechnikov will undergo knee surgery on Thursday. He'll miss the remainder of the season in the playoffs. I mean, this guy is... At minimum, uh, no worse than a 30-plus uh, goal scorer when healthy for a season. So it's a significant loss for the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. I'm just going to get the quick update here. If I take a look at what they've done this year, Svechnikov this season has 23 goals and 55 points in 64 games. Uh, here's where I tell you that last year he scored 30 and 39 assists, uh, 69 points and 78. I mean, he's a big-time talent, significant loss. It is 137 at Edmonton. Uh, the best pizza in the city still making a great Royal Pizza, Royal Pizza, Pizza, Pasta, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50-plus years. They've got 15 Edmonton-area locations, four in Calgary and one in Red Deer. Go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. The staffer recommendation to the Mediterranean Chicken. Brendan likes the Texan. Royal Pizza still making it great. Our next guest always has me on a show and uh, with a pizza reference, but we'll tell you, he is our Oilers Now headliner today for Wilhock Beef Jerky. It's the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhock, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. Uh, we welcome back to the show from TSN 1200 in Ottawa. Uh, he's been involved in Senators broadcast for several years and also does the Red Blacks, uh, whatever they call a soccer team. Uh, and he is an Edmonton product. We welcome back AJ Jakovic. Hi, AJ. How you doing? Outstanding, Bob. You're making me miss home with this Talker Royal Pizza. There we go. Nicely done. All right. What's the name of the soccer team? I don't want to upset. Is it FC Ottawa? Is that the name of the team? No, it's Atletico Ottawa. They are owned by Atletico Madrid, one of the biggest clubs in the world. And they uh, lost in the league final last year uh, to Forge out of Hamilton. Is that Diego Simone? Is he the uh, manager of that team? Simeone, yeah. Simeone, yeah it's pronounced like- Simeone. Okay. I, well, okay. And now, is he Argentinian? He's the guy that Beckham uh, kicked in the 98 World Cup to get his red card. Probably deserved it. <laughs> I don't disagree. <laughs> but classic Argentina, right? Yes, yes. They do what they can to win. I can tell you right now, I know exactly where I was when I, when I saw that. Uh, Coach's Corner, for folks that have been up to Prince George, uh, Coach's Corner at the uh, Prince George Inn. Uh, we watched that, and I couldn't believe it that Beckham did that. That is that is crazy. There you go. So crazy the way a show uh, will go during the course. All right. Hey, we're going to put you on the spot here, and because Bruce Garriock has just uh, penned a piece. Um is Sal Tulio the leader at the clubhouse here for the potential ownership of the Ottawa Senators? As you know, he owns the Oshawa Generals, and his son, Ty Tulio is a prospect. It's actually had a pretty good season this year for the Bakersfield Condors. His name is out there in the mix, isn't it? Yeah, and, and, and it's interesting, right? Because Bruce has done uh, great work on this. Bordico has done great work on this. and I mean, you always talk to somebody, right? You're around town enough, you talk to somebody that, uh, that that might be in the know and that gives you a little bit of insight. And there are a lot of local people uh, getting involved. Jason York's brother, Jeff York, who owns Farm Boy, a big uh, grocer out here, which is fantastic, by the way. Um, they, they've got together a group of 20 people trying to be minority owners, right? So there's a lot of people that 
you know, have some sort of skin in the game when it comes to this. And I don't know if there is a clubhouse leader right now. A lot of people seem to think it was Michael Andlauer because uh, of his connection with the, the Montreal Canadiens where he's alternate governor, right? I mean, it is a club. And in the end, Gary Bettman is going to decide uh, what is best for the National Hockey League, what's best for their club. They don't want somebody in their club that isn't going to fit in that boardroom. So money's going to play a factor. I think this is going to be, when all is said and done, close to a billion dollars U.S. for this franchise, which is kind of mind-blowing. But um, I, I, obviously money's going to be a factor. I do think we're probably going to be seeing a situation where you might have certain factions of certain groups team up uh, to, to try and strengthen their bid. But to me, the wild card is, is Ryan Reynolds. And, and the fact that he committed to a single group, the Remington group out of Markham, uh, was a bit of a surprise because I think a lot of people expected that he would just sit on the sidelines and at the end, all right, here's the winning bid. Now get involved with Ryan Reynolds because that's the no-brainer that you want him involved uh, owning a team. So, We'll wait and see. I mean, uh, you know, the timeline seems to keep getting pushed back. No surprise. I mean, these things take a lot of time, a lot of due diligence. But uh, I, I think if you ask the fans here, they want some sort of local piece, and they definitely want Ryan Reynolds involved. So uh, the NHL wants him involved as well. And when you watch that Welcome to Rexham series, I don't know if you've seen it. I mean, it's a no-brainer. Just, uh, you know, you're talking about a fifth-tier club in Wales that plays in England that, you know, they're almost at 400,000 followers on Twitter. Super Paul Mullen, their striker, has more than double the followers that Brady Kachuk has. So you bring a series like that here, some sort of welcome to Ottawa with Ryan Reynolds involved, and it boosts, you know, the brand and the interest in this hockey team and this city tremendously just by his involvement. All right, so that's because I had heard at one time that Michael Andlar, who owns the Hamilton Bulldogs in Sal yeah. Tulio, were going to potentially partner together, and but that ultimately has not come to fruition, has it? Not yet, right? Again, it's hard to know what's going on behind closed doors, but you know, one owner of the Oshawa Generals, one owner of you know the soon-to-be Brantford Bulldogs, because they're moving there for three years while they do renovations at the old Cops Coliseum, now first Ontario Center, and. So you would think that, you know, at least there's a, a working relationship with two competing owners in that league. But uh, as of right now, I haven't heard anything about them teaming up officially. From TSN 1200 in Ottawa, Edmonton product, A.J. Jakovic. Uh, A.J., let's get to the specifics on this Senators team. They are a, a little bit confounding to me because they've got some guys that are having terrific offensive seasons. How is this team... 27th in the league and five on five goals for that's what i want to know yeah it's a great question i i think uh you know certainly it didn't help when they lost josh norris to start the season because he was i'm not sure he would be right now with how good tim stutzla has been but he was the number one center to start the season and went down with a season ender shoulder surgery only played the eight games and and had the three points i mean that's a guy that scored 35 goals last year so it's a big loss and i think you know it's really felt i mean the top six hasn't felt it but it's really been felt on that third line because shane pinto that's where he should be slotting in ultimately and he missed virtually the entire 
season last year with a shoulder injury as well. It's something, I don't know if it's something in the water, U.S. National Development Team program, but Colin White, Josh Norris, Shane Pinto, and this year Tyler Boucher, uh, who's done for the season as well, all with shoulder injuries and major shoulder injuries coming out of that program, coming to the Ottawa Senators. But nonetheless, uh, that's been a big loss. Their, Their bottom six clearly isn't good enough. And I think at times this year, their power play was able to carry them. But lately, the power play's been dreadful as well. Since the All-Star break, they've scored seven times, and they've given up seven. So that's probably the main point of consternation right now is what's wrong with the power play, because when the power play isn't going, this team, given their five-on-five struggles, just hasn't had a chance. Oilers got two shorthanded goals, uh, one on a beauty from Connor McDavid to Ryan McLeod, and then the other, just to, and just the timing of it, because it went from four and four, four to an Ottawa power play, Derek Ryan scoring there as well. Uh, your thoughts on the Chikrin deal? And I know, I, you know, in my world, I kind of factored in the Zaitsev trade as well, in terms of the assets moving out a second and a fourth to get Zaitsev off the books, because Ottawa is a real cap team, a hard cap team, but how the chicken trade played out in the Ottawa market? Yeah, I, I think uh, very popular here in Ottawa, and he's got Ottawa ties. Uh, you know, it was just some of the, the scenes when he made his home debut against Columbus with his sister, who, you know, he grew up in Florida. Basically, John Chikrin, uh, his grandfather, moved here. Great story, by the way. Moved here from the prairies, from Saskatchewan, uh, went to the University of Ottawa, never played a down of football in his life, and, and next thing you know, he's chasing around Russ Jackson, uh, playing OUA football for the Ottawa Gigi. So some pretty good genes in that family. Jeff Chikrin uh, grew up here in the Nepean Sports Hall of Fame and won a Stanley Cup with the Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, but, you know, grew up in Florida, but still very strong roots here. And so the fact that his sister moved back here, uh, from Florida, and, you know, the grandfather was at the game. Uh, you can't write stories like that when it comes to uh, just the, the local ties that he's got here and, and in his love for his grandfather, his family, and this community as well. So it's always great in the Canadian market when you've got somebody that legitimately wants to be there long-term, and certainly that looks to be the case with Jacob Chikrin. He's just happy to play somewhere where the team's pretty competitive. So I, I think... You know, from the fan standpoint, they're fully behind it. It's tough. When you're chasing a top-four defenseman, they just don't come available very often. Now it feels like Ottawa has those top-four defensemen. Jake Sanderson, to me, is the best of the bunch. And, you know, speaking of local ties, I get he played for Team USA, but, you know, for all intents and purposes, we're talking about Roots and St. Albert. Uh, I played hockey with his uncle Jerry, and, of course, you got Jeff, who had the long-time career in the National Hockey League. Jake Sanderson is if he's not already, he's going to be the best defenseman wow. on the Ottawa Senators, already playing over 20 minutes a night, and he's been fantastic, just doesn't make a lot of mistakes and very smooth in, in what he does. So with Sanderson, Chikrin, Zub, and Shabbat, they should have their top four for a long time. The problem is Thomas Shabbat is having, and he might not play tonight, but he's having a real disappointing season. He's just not up to standards. He's making a lot of mental mistakes, and a lot of bad decisions that you just normally wouldn't see out of a guy like that. He should be a top-pairing defenseman. So if everyone plays to their potential, I think they should have a really good defense for a lot of years to come. But, you know, kind of the big question over the last week or so in Ottawa is what is wrong with Thomas Shabbat and how do you fix that? 
All right. Uh, we'll get to very quickly on Debrinket. Do they get the sky re-sign or are they going to have to flip him? A great question. Uh, I would think Pierre Dorian, given that he parted with the number seven overall pick, <laughs> didn't part with that pick just to have him here for a year or two years. Uh, he'd have to be qualified at $9 billion. Uh, he's had an okay season, certainly not scoring as much uh, as he had in Chicago, scored 21 goals here in, in 66 games. Now, you know, you look at shooting percentage and you would think that the, the regression to the mean would mean this is going to be a guy that's going to score 30, 35, even 40 goals going forward, given his numbers. But, um, you know, he is not the first or second or probably even the third or fourth best forward on this team right now. Um, Claude Giroux's been sensational. Tim Stutzla's a, a budding superstar. You got Brady Kachuk, who's the leader and, and the captain, and, and you have some other pretty good guys here as well. So, how much do you pay a guy like that? Um, is he going to make more than Tim Stutzla at $8.5 million? And I think if you ask the fans, they would say you shouldn't. But, you know, he's got options, right? He's a year away from unrestricted free agency. I think he likes it here, but we're going to find a, a lot in the summer, and I think that's one of the big questions on a lot of people's minds, uh, just the long-term uh, situation involving Alex Debrinkat. Final question, AJ, and, and it's got to be relatively – we're running out of time because I talked too much. Yeah. Matt Sogard and Mandalay's, uh, is can you really evaluate Pierre Dorian this year, uh, given the injuries to Talbot and Forsberg? And, and, you know, they got 14 games worth of NHL experience going in between the pipes as they've had this dip here in the West. Is it a fair deal, or is it tied to ownership in terms of what happens to Pierre long-term? I think it's tied to ownership long-term. Uh, to be fair, on Mandalazi and, and Sogard, they played pretty well, and they're 6-4-1 and one in those games that those two have played. So I don't think goaltending has been the issue. The issue is the start, and it goes back to you know the, the, the long-term future and the questions surrounding D.J. Smith. Two years ago, they started 2-12-1. Last year, they started 4-15-1. They needed a good start this year, and they started 6-12-1. And, and it's really difficult uh, with the three-point games to, to get your, belt, your, your team back in contention. They've managed to do that, but with the schedule down the stretch, it's going to be awfully tough to make the playoffs. Uh, so we'll see if they can finish strong, but the starts have been terrible three years in a row here, and, and that's really cooked their chances. AJ, great stuff. Thanks for joining us. Always a pleasure, Bob. There you go. From TSN 1200 in Ottawa, A.J. Jakobic. When we come back, we'll get to the Oilers' prospect report for Reface Magic and the stay in Oilers' history for New West Travel. Darnell Nurse, plus 20 in 20 career games against the Ottawa Senators. It's 153 in Edmonton. And at this time, we're going to go into the Oilers' now prospect report for Reface Magic. Save money on your kitchen renovation. Don't replace. Reface. Here's Brendan Escott. Haven't talked about Skylar Brendamore yet. The Oilers' six-round wow. pick in 2017. He's finished up his NCAA career at Quinnipiac, where he's totaled 31 points in 36 games this year as a senior, had three assists in his team's most recent game. That was a 6-3 win over Yale. He is a six-foot-two centerman, the son, of course, of Rod, but needs to be signed by Edmonton, uh, I believe, before the end of this season. However that works, Bob, he needs to be uh, shored up or he will lose his rights. Uh, Brenda Moore won an RBC Cup with the Chilliwack Chiefs in 2017-18. He's actually put up 75 points across 140 collegiate games. Uh, but maybe, like, can you shed any light on what the deadline is for them to sign yeah, that? Yeah, usually, I'll, I'll get the exact date for you. It's 
For for some reason, I thought it was at the end of April. I thought they had till the end of April. I'm just thinking back to Justin Schultz. The difference with Justin Schultz is he came out of school a year early. Let's go to this day in Oilers history for New West Travel. Travel to California this April to see the Oilers play the Kings and the Ducks. You can reach out to newwesttravel.com for more information. We're going to go back on the state. Uh, see if I can do the math on the fly. 37 years ago to 1986 when yours truly was almost 20. Wow. Oh, my God. All right, here's Brennan Escott. Paul Coffey scored uh, two goals and added six assists for an eight-point night. It tied Tom Bladen's NHL record for most points in a game by a defenseman. Those eight points helped the Oilers to a 12-3 win over the Red Wings at Northlands. Yeah, Tom Bladen, a former member of the Edmonton Oil Kings, uh, put up eight points uh, with the Philadelphia Flyers. All right, here's what we got shaking tonight. The Edmonton Oilers take on the Ottawa Senators live at Rogers Place. The face-off show begins with Reed Wilkins, myself, Cam Moon, Rob Brown, Jack Michaels at 5.35 today. Puck drop at 7 o'clock tomorrow. A trio of guests, as previously mentioned, Ian Herbers, the head coach of the Alberta Golden Bears at the University Cup. Uh, well, obviously, we'll have a complete recap of tonight's game. David Staples from the Cult of Hockey and for Aquarian Renovations, uh, Sportsnet's Mark Spector. Up next, the Global News Weather Traffic Update with Randy Kilburn, followed by Rob Breckenridge from 2 to 3, and then Chelsea on Ched with Chelsea Bird from 3 until 5.30. Back at you at 5.35, live from Studio 99.